0: Sermon on the Mount, verse 3, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless the Bible says, Blessed are they that mourn, but they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, but they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. After righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, not troublemakers now. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Bless are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. Rejoice. Did you hear him? When these things are happening, rejoice and be exceedingly glad are exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted day the prophets which were before you. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, will your children approach your throne of grace at this time? First of all, acknowledging that we do sin, and we pray, Father, that you would please forgive us for our sins and our shortcomings in this life. We pray that you would not only hear our prayer, but answer them according to your holy and divine will. We pray, Father, for all individuals who is able to hear and understand your word. We pray that your word will fall on honest hearts. We pray that we can be honest individuals and that we can be, Father, honest to the point and look at ourselves and examine our hearts. We pray, Father, that you may allow the Holy Spirit of God to be among us in this worship. Father, among us in a way where He can speak to our heart through your word. And that, Father, we can have an attentive ear and we take heed to your word and make the necessary corrections, whether it be in our minds, whether it be publicly in this place today and when we leave this place. We ask now, Father, that you would bless our minds to key in on your word and on your worship and on our God in this worship and not be distracted by different things of life. We pray for the man servant who will proclaim your word, that you may guide him and that you may direct him. And, Father, we just ask that you may bless this worship and service, that all that we do pleases you. Be with all of the servant workers on today, that you may bless them to do it in a way pleasing unto God, and that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Now, this is our prayer we offer in faith in the name of Jesus. Let us all say amen. Matthew writes here, and he writes to uh, the Jews. Matthew's writing is to the Jews. Matthew writes to his own people. And so his writing style is to the Jews that they may understand uh, what Matthew is is saying. Here you find a large group of people who is surrounding Jesus or Jesus near Jesus, and the Bible says when his disciples came, when Jesus was set, the Bible says he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor. And he uses these things, and we call them the Beatitudes. uh, The Beatitudes. And one of the things that you see here is the word blessed, or the word blessed, as some people say it, uh, uh, here. He talks about Blessed are. So he's he's not saying blessed will be. He says, Blessed are. So Jesus had in mind that there were those who were already being blessed by having these gifts or being graced with these different elements right here that you see. And he says over here that blessed are the merciful. One of the ones he talks about is blessed are the merciful. And he says that for they shall obtain mercy. If you if you put it out, if you give it, he says, you're going to receive it. And then he talks about blessed are the those who mourn. And somebody said, How do you how do you rejoice when you are are mourning? But 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 the Bible says, Blessed are those who mourn. There's a blessing for those who mourn. And they're mourning. And thank God for mourners. In Jesus' day and in the church, they used to pay people to mourn when people would die. They would actually give them monies to come to that funeral and actually mourn because that was the typical thing to do even at our funerals today. We don't pay anybody to mourn, but but people mourn at what? At funerals. But he says, you shall be comforted. In other words, Jesus says that there is a blessing in, in mourning and all of us, who are children of God we ought to mourn we ought to mourn for, for sin we ought to mourn and that's not necessarily mean that you ought to cry but you ought to feel sorrow when people live in sin you ought to feel sorrow and then and then when people treat other people wrong and people do evil things to others you ought to mourn you ought to feel sorry behind that but Jesus says there's coming a time where where you will be you'll be comforted and he says there are people with different different gifts here. And I want you to know he's talking about the different type of spirits that ought to be in the forthcoming church that Jesus was going to die for. Go back to verse number three. Verse three, he says, bless are the poor in spirit. And I'm not going to deal with all of these. I just want to show you something. Bless are the poor in spirit. That word bless a number of times means happy. Happy are the poor. In spirit, for theirs is of uh, the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4. He says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He didn't say blessed are the arrogant. He didn't say blessed are the heady or the high minded. But blessed are those that are, are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Watch verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled, a number of times people don't hunger and thirst after righteousness is because they are already filled with the things of this world. You cannot hunger and thirst when you are already filled with something. And so what we need to learn to do as members of the Lord's Church is learn to empty out ourselves that we can hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, there are some times uh, in your life when you are young and people say that he or she is sowing their what? Their wild oats. Young people, a number of young people what? They, They hunger and thirst for what? For sin. Amen, somebody. That's what young folks, some of them, not all of them, thank God, some of them, they hunger and thirst for the wrong things. But God is saying over here that you are to hunger and what, and thirst after what, after righteousness. In other words, if you have been on a long walk or on a long run, right after that long walk or that long run, what you are you are, you are feeling what? Thirsty. You want to drink something. You like give me give me something to drink. Give me water. Give me give me give me give me Powerade or or give me Gatorade. Right. I know somebody might be thinking. I know some people, you know, you, they think a little, little backwards on that. I, I want a, a, a sip of beer or, 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 or amen, somebody. Just give me something to drink. I don't care what it is. But the point here is this, is that we ought to understand what he's talking about. I, I want a hunger and I want a thirst after what? Righteousness. You know when you have it eaten all day? You have it eaten all day. Right? I was talking to Sister Gathers last night, and she said she, she hadn't eaten uh, all day on yesterday. I don't know if she got home and just took a pack of ribs out or what, but maybe she didn't eat all day. You know, when you don't eat all day, your your, your stomach huh, start, start acting up, right? And you, you know you're acting up because you can hear them. And you want something what? To eat. In other words, you're longing for something to eat, and you're longing for something to thirst. So he says, bless our they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And so Jesus is dealing with these, what we call, the B attitudes. He want us to know that these were already blessed. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we're looking for blessings in our lives as Christians, but we are already blessed. We, we are already blessed. You know, sometimes we are looking for something. We are looking for another blessing. But when you stop to look at it, you are already blessed. And I want to use this short lesson on today, and I just want to call it blessed on this morning. Just want to talk about that uh, on this morning, using three points uh, on this morning. And uh, with these three points, I, I really wanted to do something else with Matthew, and I wanted to look at the whole book of Matthew uh, this month, but but I, I I I will go a different direction. But uh, I wanted to show you underneath the umbrella of God uh, was blessings. Underneath the uh, umbrella of God was forgiveness. Underneath the umbrella of God was love uh, and some other things in Matthew chapter five. But but we're not going to do that. But the first thing you see is uh, is the word bless, and the word bless means that I'm happy. Every Christian ought to be happy. Especially when you come to worship God. I mean, if I was God, I wouldn't want anybody to come worship me as a God, and then you're not happy about being here. You need to understand that before we come to the worship place or the meeting place, we need to already have a certain kind of attitude. We need to already know who we are. We need to already know whose we are. We need to already know that we are already blessed. We're not trying to be blessed. God has already blessed us. We're looking forward to be blessed even more by the promises of God in that eternal home that all of us are striving to make. But in the first case, I want to talk about, in the first point, I want to talk about altitude. Altitude. What is your spiritual height? Do you know how tall you are spiritually? Uh, What is your spiritual height? Your altitude? How close are you to God? How close are you to God? The higher you are, the closer you are. The higher you are to God, the closer you are. You are to God. We must start with our altitude. What is your spiritual height? All of us have a spiritual height on today. We all don't grow at the same time, but we all should be what? Growing. Every last one of us. What have you been in the church for three years? What have you been in the church for 10 years? What have you been in the church for 20 years? We never peak out in our spiritual growth. Now we peak out in our physical growth, right? I think I stopped growing at 12. You know when you have the quick growth spurts, yeah? And everybody's down here and you way up here? Well, that never happened to me. But that don't make a difference because it's not about your physical height, it's about your spiritual height. You're not going to be saved if you're six foot seven versus the person that would be lost if he's five foot two. It's about your spiritual height. In other words, how close are you to God? How close are you to God? How close are you? I mean, you should be asking yourself, really, how close am I to the God of heaven? My altitude, my height. The higher I am with God is the closer I am to God. It is my altitude. Watch point number two. He says, my attitude. Out of altitude, Burt's attitude. Now understand this. He says, altitude is my spiritual height. How close am I to God? Now it's my attitude. How I feel about you or how I feel about God leads to how I will treat you. Now, my spiritual height with God, whatever your spiritual height is, That's what it is. And what your spiritual height is, it defines how close you are to God, or in other words, how intimate you are to God. And the closer I am to God, watch this here, it's going to determine what kind of attitude I'm going to have based on my altitude with God. And so my attitude is how I feel about you. Now, how I feel about you defines how I will treat you. If I am at distance with you, then I'm not going to be close to you. And if I'm not close to you, I'm not going to feel a certain kind of way about you. And if I don't feel a certain kind of way about you, and there's some treatments you're not going to get. Now, if you're close to God, you're going to feel something about God. Uh, Let me see if I can get us to see this. There are some people who are insensitive to God, to one another. If I feel for God, that means that I'm sensitive towards the scriptures. There are some people, when they sin, they don't feel no kind of way about it. They just sin, it has no effect on their minds. It has no effects on their spirituality. It has no effect on their Christianity. It don't bother their, their thoughts, no, nothing whatsoever. They just can sin, and, and it don't bother them. But when you sin, you ought to be sensitive. You ought to be sensitive because my altitude, I'm close to God. You ought to be sensitive because I feel a, a certain kind of way about God, and I'm going to treat him a certain kind of way. And when I don't treat God a certain kind of way, it ought to do something to me. But it's all based on my altitude. What is my spiritual height? How close am I to God? Now, let me say this. You know, when you're close to somebody, when you're close to somebody, you know, all of us in here, we are uh, in uh, in relationship. Get from Acts chapter 2 right quickly, verse 42, just hold it. We, we all have relationship, right, in here. And the reason why we have a relationship is because we have a relationship with God, right, through Christ Jesus. And because of that, we are in relationship with one another. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. What a, what a, what a good-looking group of brothers and sisters in Christ. And the thing about it is we don't all look alike, but we should all look alike. Right. Physically we don't all look alike, but spiritually we should all look alike. There should be some resemblance somewhere in the spirituality of all of us because we are all we all come from the same Father. Now watch this here in Acts chapter two, verse forty two.
1: The Bible says that. If you have it, it says what? Acts two, forty two. And they continued steadfastly. And they continued steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine. In the apostles' doctrine. And fellowship. And what? Fellowship. And fellowship. And in breaking of bread. And
0: in breaking of bread.
1: And in prayers.
0: And in prayers. Good. Now they continued in fellowship. They continued in fellowship. Why were they able to fellowship? It was because they had relationship with one another. And the reason why they had relationship with one another is because they had a relationship with God. Get from me First John one seven right quick. First John one seven. First John chapter one and verse number seven. First John chapter one and verse number seven. Go on and read it if you have it. The Bible says what.
1: But if we walk in the light. Read. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, Uh we have fellowship one with another. Read on. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleansed us from all sin.
0: Now, again, fellowship. Fellowship. The reason why we can fellowship, why? It is because of our commonship. We have something in common. You have something in common. The word fellowship. We share something in common. What do we share in common? We all have Jesus as our savior. We all have God as our father. So we all have relationship with each other because of our fellowship or relationship with each other. We have relationship with each other because of our relationship with God. We have fellowship with each other because of our relationship with God rather. And because of that, you and I ought to treasure that on today. We have fellowship because of relationship with the father. But based on my how close I am to God will determine how I treat God. We all have relationship now. There are some people closer to others in this building than, than others. And sometimes we want to call that clicks, but but really if you look at it, that's not that's not those are not clicks. There's some people in your own physical, biological family you're closer to than, than other folks. Some of y'all are closer to your aunties than, than you are your own siblings. And, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Because at the end of the night, it don't make no difference how you treat your sibling, how your sibling treats you. At the end of the night, y'all still have relationship. Because you can't change biology. What's done is done. That's your brother, that's your sister. Okay, how you feel about them they're part of the family. And all of us have some people in our family that we would like that they would be part of another family. But they are all part of what? Our family. I'm glad for the people in my family that you know that don't act right sometimes. I'm glad I'm glad for them. I'm glad they're part of my family. Because it teaches me how not to be. Amen somebody? It teaches you they, they serve as an example. This is not how you come to the family reunion. This is not how you dress with your skirt way up here. This is not how you dress. You don't come smelling the alcohol. This is not how you come. So you don't come talking back to your mother and your grandparents. This is not how you come when we come together as a what? As a family unit. Now, when you're by yourself, you can do whatever you want by yourself. Well, watch this. There are some people closer to others in this family than others. Now, watch this. Based on my attitude, how close am I to you? Birch, my attitude, how I feel about you, is how I'm going to treat you. There are some people in here. That if you would come to me and you would tell me something about him, her, and him, you know what? You know what I would say? I would say, well, listen. I hear what you're saying, bro. I I understand what you're saying. I don't agree with what he's doing. I don't agree with what she's doing. But based on my altitude, based on how close I am to that person, based on my attitude, Based on how I feel about that person, it's how I'm gonna treat that person. And it makes no difference. I'm talking about your closeness, I'm talking about your feelings and your emotions. It don't make no difference what they do in life. You may come and say, Reveals, this person done robbed the store. He done rob they, they don't have pigly piggly wiggly still here. <laughs> I thought they changed the shopper's value, but somebody say same meat, same meat, different. State store brand same meat. <laughs> I said, brother, that was wrong. I, 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 he shouldn't have did it. But you're not gonna change my feelings about that person. <laughs> but, but, brother feels, he wrong. I, I, I understand. He, I acknowledge he is wrong. I understand that. But because of my altitude, because of my attitude. It's not going to change how I feel. It's like a mother with a son who does something wrong. It's like a mother with a son who does something wrong, a daughter who does something wrong. She can do all of those things wrong. She can run the street. She can sell her body. She can sell drugs. He can do this. He can do that. But at the end of the night, you're not going to change how she feels about that individual. My altitude, I'm going somewhere births my attitude. How do you feel about God? This morning, you're going to have a golden opportunity to examine your height with God. You're going to have an opportunity to see how close you are to God. Because attitude births, it's birthed from your altitude. How close I am to Him determine how I will feel about God. How will I feel about God? It's I'm going to treat him. You know, third point is action. Is action. My altitude, how close? Spiritual height, rather, how close I am to God. Attitude, how I feel about God is how I'm going to treat God. Thirdly, altitude, births, attitude, attitude, births your action. Your actions always start off in your head first before you do it. Your action always starts in your head before you do it. Your actions always start in your head before you do it. All right? And let us tell the truth. Sometimes you plan to sin. Sometimes you strategize what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Some of y'all did nobody do that? Well, well, this is a blessed church. I think I got a great subject. Blessed, we're blessed. We don't suffer from that. Look, my action is based on my attitude. My attitude is based on my altitude. My acts is not always to God, but it is always towards God. Somebody say, explain. Here it is. Everything you do is not always for God. Sometimes it's for your own Gratified, huh? <laughs> it's for your own desire. It's for your own will. It's for your own wants, right? But, 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 as a child of God, everything we do should be for God. But everything we do is not for God because everything we do is not for the very purpose of God. But everything we do is. God. Why? Because we are in relationship with God. You and I can't do anything without affecting God. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Watch this here. Uh, Go on and read for me.
1: Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field Which the Lord God hath made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the Uh garden? Uh Uh-huh, read on. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Read. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Uh Uh-huh. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm -hmm. Read one more. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, Mm -hmm. she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, Mm -hmm. and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat.
0: I want you to read some more. Keep reading.
1: Watch and it. the eyes of them both were huh. and they knew that they were naked. Read. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Read. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden.
0: And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking
1: in the what? The garden. Read on. In the cool of the day. In the cool or evening of the day, read. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Adam and Eve hid, read. From the presence of the Lord from God. From the presence of the Lord God. Amongst the trees of the garden.
0: All right, amongst the trees of God. Whenever you're running from God, you're going in the wrong direction. Jonah tells us that. Whenever you're running from the from God, you're you're going in the wrong direction. Here's the deal. David tells us, I think, where can I go? You know, how can I get away from you? Where would I run? You you everywhere. If I go here, you're there. If I go over there, you're there. If I go here, you're there. If I go down to hell, you're there. God is everywhere. You can't get away from God. Now, what you do may not always be for God, but what you do is always towards God. Why? Adam and Eve. The Garden of Eden on earth was a representation of heaven. Adam was a representation of God. You and I can never do anything on the earth without representing God. Huh? Whatever you do, you are representing God. Whether it is positive, whether it is negative, whether it is good, whether it is bad, you are always representing God. On your job, be careful what you do because you are always representing God. In your house, be careful what you do because you are always representing God. But remember this, it is always based on my attitude, my spiritual height, how close am I to God. It burns my attitude, how I feel about God. How I am treating God will lead to my action. of It may not always be for God, but it is always towards God. What you do and say, you're always representing God. You are a representative of the God of heaven. You represent God every day you get up. You take some of God with you. In your house. Don't lay down. Don't lay down with the devil. And think you're going to get up with God. If you lay down with the devil, you sure enough going to get up with the devil. If you lay down with the devil, you can die with the devil. And don't expect if you lay down with the devil and die with the devil to expect to get up with God. You must. You must always understand that I need to always examine how close am I to God. How close am I to God? Determines how I feel about it. You take one example of of the Lord's Supper. You just take the Lord's Supper. Just one thing we do in worship. And you miss the Lord's Supper that Sunday. You know that, that bothers nobody sometimes? Some people rather. It don't bother them. You know why? You know why? Because based on how close I am to God determines how I treat God. See, if I understand all of this and all of this, then I understand I can't miss all of this. Why? Because I'm close to God. And based on how I'm close to Him, I feel a certain kind of way about Him so that determines how I what? Treat Him. And so when God comes on Sunday. I'm coming on Sunday because I'm what? Close to him. The closer you are to people, the more pull they have on you. They call that influence. The more pull people have on you or the more authority they have over you. People with influence over you can call you. Hey, hey, look, I'm, 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 uh, I'm chopping wood. and uh, Can you come over? And Because you're close to him, because you feel certain kind of way about him. You will treat him a certain kind of way. How long you going to be chopping wood? We'll be out here about another two hours. All right, I'll be there the next 30. He comes on over. Why? Based on my what? Relationship. We need to always check our relationship with God. Sometimes I think that we just get in a habit. Huh? I think we just get in a habit of doing stuff. anybody Anybody with me? You know, you've just been doing it for so long. You know, it just, you've been doing it for so long, and it, it just feels right even though you're not right. It just feels right. You know, you've been taking the Lord's supper. You've been taking your crack and your juice. You've been giving your $30 uh, a, a Sunday. You've been listening to the songs. Uh, you've been praying. Uh, you listen to the but But it, you've been doing it for so long, uh, you, you know, you just lose relationship with God uh, in the process. And even though you may be wrong with God, it seems right, Because it's habitual now. Some people have an habitual Christianity. It is not based on Christ. It is based on habit. Now, there are some habits that are good. And coming to church can be a good habit. But don't just go through the motion without allowing it to change us from the inside out. So as we come to a close, my altitude. How high am I with God? My spiritual height, how close I am to God, determines my attitude for God. It determines how I am going to treat God. And you know what people say, and you know you you know people have misconception of of of, of Bible stuff and spiritual stuff. You know, uh. Sometimes y'all meet people in the store you haven't seen them in six months, and you're like, "We've been missing you." You know, we've been missing you. Oh, I've been missing y'all too. I I love y'all. I tell you, but Bill I just love your sermons. I tell you, I just love the people at Hollywood. You know, but 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 you know, I, even though I don't come to church, I, I I still read my Bible. Y'all y'all ever met them? You know, you know I I don't you know I, I know I don't come to church. You know, I know I don't come to church, but but I still pray to God. Like reading the Bible and praying to God is supposed to fill in. So how are you going to talk to God in prayer, read God's word, but then forsake worshiping him? You know, some people think that reading the Bible, you know, is a substitution for, for actually coming to worship. And one thing we, you know, we, we. Another thing some people say is this, you know, I don't, I don't have to talk to, I don't have to talk to people. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to like you. I, I don't have to love. I don't have to deal with you. I, I, long as I love the Lord, huh? I, you know, I can't stand them, but I, but I love the Lord. Listen, how you gonna love the Lord? But then you got a problem with your brothers and sisters. Don't the Bible says Don't the Bible tells us that how you going how you going to love God in whom you have never seen and hate your brother in whom you see every day that don't amount to anything is what God is saying there You can't say, I love the Lord, but I don't have no relationship with his people. You can't say, I love the Lord, but I'm not going to do the spiritual works of God. You can't say, I love the Lord and forsake the Lord's Supper. You can't say, I love the Lord and treat people wrong based on my action. It's telling me how I feel about my God. It's how I treat God. And when you treat people right, You are actually doing right by God when you treat people wrong. You are mishandling God. Any time you do good, you are glorifying God because you are a representation of God. Now, some people not—they don't rep well. They don't rep well, huh? What's your hood? You rip your hood. Y'all got a hood and roll about to say Rhode, Rhode Island. Where you from again? New Roads. Yeah, New Roads. Y'all got a hood out there? You got a hood? What it's called? You got a, you got a name? Say it again? Pecan Grove. Pecan Grove. Scared of you? <laughs> Pecan Grove. Brother Marvin, you, you rep your hood? What, what's your hood? Fairfield. Fairfield. Somebody say, where you go, where you go? What's your hood, what's your hood? Hollywood, (laughs) Hollywood. You ought to rep, you ought to rep, you ought to rep your hood well. And all of us, all of us ought to be a good representation of who God really is. Because I present God every day through my deeds, my actions, my behavior, my conduct. I'm presenting some of God everywhere every day, to everyone I come in contact with. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its savior, what what good is it for? If it ain't, listen, if, if salt ain't salty, you don't want it. Have oh, you ever had any salt that is not salty? Anybody? Raise your hand. You're you going to throw that stuff away if it ain't salted. You don't want salt that tastes like sugar. You want salt that tastes like what? Salt. And even though some of y'all know y'all shouldn't add salt, you still do it. Why? Because it's good for you. I- I'm talking about your taste, not for you. You know what I'm saying? Bible says that's what you are. You're salt. You give flavor to this earth. But if you lose your flavor or your influence or your light, and what good are you but to be trotted in, under the foot of men. You're nothing but just to be walked on. Just throw it on the ground because what? You no longer have no influence. I'll say this and I'll come to a close. Sometime in life, the only thing you have over people is your influence. And once you lose your influence, have you ever seen a daughter lose respect for her mother? Have you ever seen a son lose respect for his father? I wish I never get to that point. Huh? I know sometimes I'm I might be whipping them like baby kids, but, but I hope they never lose respect. Because when your children lose respect for you, you, you have nothing. Nothing. And whenever, and whenever the Holy Spirit is out of our lives, you don't have an influencer anymore in you. You know what influences us to do right? I'm talking about people of God. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who influenced your life. He he, he, he talks to you. Anybody, the Holy Spirit, ever talked to you? Somebody said, but he talked to you? What what you mean? He's a person. <laughs> Don't he ever tell you now, now you know you were wrong. You were a little harsh right here. You, 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 you need to go over there and say, I'm sorry. You know, you know, you know, you know, you you, you shouldn't have tell her what was on your mind. You know, you know I we say I want to give him a piece of my mind. Y'all ought think about that. You, you, you need to hold that peace because you're going to need that peace later on at the end of the day. But y'all missed that shout. But anyhow, you need all of your mind is what I'm saying. Don't give no peace nowhere to nobody. And then we say, she got on my last nerve. Like it gives us the right to tell people whatever we want because people frustrated us. That's what the Holy Spirit is influencing you. The Holy Spirit is in, it. even when you're in that commotion, even when you're going through the motion, even when, when things are happening, when they are going down, the Holy Spirit is saying, "Now, now be careful, now be careful, and you're getting overheated. And the radiator is getting hot, and the wall the water is boiling over. And you see this gold in the red. You need to watch. Like, don't say it. And you like, oh, I'm gonna say it anyhow. And, and the Holy Spirit, don't do it. And you say, I'm gonna do it anyhow. And he said, don't do that to that man. I'm gonna do it anyhow. He says, don't, and you do it anyhow. And then afterwards, you feel he passes you up. You at the red light. He cuts you off, and he goes before you you're driving, you're trying to get to work, you're already running late, it's already tight, bumper to bumper, and some kind of way he works himself in there when you turn to the side, and then you take your finger, one of them, and you know you just, whatever you do when you do it, huh? I, I mean, serious. Or when you get, you, you try to race on the interstate, and when they did something, and you and you talking through the window, and then you're talking, you're like, and you and you like, pull over your car. Pull over your car. Pull over. The Holy Spirit comes back to you later on that day. You shouldn't have did that. You you didn't rep God well. You, you were not a good representation. How, how was your light shining when you giving people the finger? How, how was your light shining? When people become frustrated on your job and you give them a piece of your mind, how's how your light shining? When they get on your last nerve and, and 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 you and you say something you shouldn't say to them, and somebody say, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I just I, that, that I, that's how I feel." The Holy Spirit should have a type of tighter grip on us than that. It is all based on my attitude, attitude. My altitude, my spiritual height, how close I am to God. You see, how, you see why you need to be close to Him. Because He needs to be able to reach out to you. But if you're at a distance from Him, He can't. He can't. He can't. He can't. He can't. And then if you feel a certain kind of way about Him, you're not going. You're not going to treat people like that because you understand if I treat them like that, I'm doing the same thing to God. And then my actions, and my deeds, and my conducts, all speaks to how I feel about God. And so the Holy Spirit influences us. And I'm telling you, he talks to you. And he said, child of God, you can't, you can't do that. And he said, child of God, you, I know you got upset. I know you were mad. I know you were angry. I know you have right to do something because they did wrong. But you still You still have to be a light in the midst of darkness. Two darkness don't give a light. The only light in the room sometimes is us. We got to shine well. and We have to represent well. We got to start in our bedroom. We got to start in the living room. We got to deal in the dining room. and Then we got to go off in the world and do the same thing. But it starts at the house and we do it at the job, and we be a shining light for God because of my altitude, my attitude, and my actions all reflect on my God. And when we do that, then we are truly, truly blessed because we have done what God requires, what kind of spirit he wants in the kingdom. He wants us to have a poor spirit. He wants us to be meek. He wants us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. When you're hungry and you fill yourself with hunger and thirst, all that other stuff ain't going ain't to mess with you. You're already filled with something. Today, I don't know where you are. If you're a child of God and you need to make some corrections in your life, you have an opportunity to do so. If you're not a child of God today, you believe that Jesus died, you believe he was buried, you believe he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, today we'll baptize you for the remission of your sins. The Lord will add you to the family of God, you can become a part of the church on today. Somebody say, baptism will wash away all my sins. Baptism will wash away all your sins according to what the, God, the Bible says. And God will add you to his church. Wherever you are today, I pray God that you make it right before it's eternally everlasting too late. As together you stand and we stand to sing the invitation song.